All right. So we are doing swallowing the forest fire, chapter nineteen, uh, canto ten, part two. So <coughs> this is uh, in the last chapter we had seen that uh, Pralamba was killed, and after that there was a forest fire which started over there. So now how does it happen? What exactly happens? We are going to see. So this is a chapter nineteen, swallowing the forest fire. So Sukhdev Goswami said, while the cowherd boys were completely absorbed in playing, their cows wandered far away. They hungered for more grass and with no one to watch them, they entered a dense forest. Passing from one part of the great forest to another, the goats, cows and buffaloes eventually entered an area overgrown with sharp cranes. Canes. The heat of the nearby forest fires made them thirsty and they cried out in distress. Not seeing the cows before them, Krishna, Rama and their cowherd friends suddenly felt repentant for having neglected them. The boys searched all around but could not discover where they had gone. Then the boys began tracing out their cow's path by noting that the hoof prints and the blades of grass the cows had broken with their hoofs and teeth. All the cowherd boys were in great anxiety because they had lost their source of livelihood. While the Munja forest, while within the Munja forest, the cowherd boys finally found their valuable cows who had lost their way and were crying. Then the boys, thirsty and tired, herded the cows onto the path back home. The Supreme Personality of Godhead called out to the animals in a voice that resounded like a rumbling cloud. Hearing the sound of their own names, the cows were overjoyed and cried out to the Lord in reply. Suddenly a great forest fire appeared from all sides, threatening to destroy all the forest creatures. Like a chariot driver, the wind swept the fire onwards and terrible sparks shot in the directions. Indeed, the great fire extended its tongue of flame towards all moving and non-moving creatures. As the cow and cowherd boys stared at the forest fire attacking them on all sides, they became fearful. <clears throat> the boys then approached Krishna and Balram for shelter. Just as those who are disturbed by fear of death approach the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the boys addressed them as follows. The coward boy said, O Krishna, Krishna, most powerful one, O Rama, those whose prowess never, you whose prowess never fails, please save our devotees, your devotees who are about to be burned by the forest fire and have come to take shelter of you. Krishna, certainly your own friend shouldn't be destroyed. O knower of the nature of all things, we have accepted you as our Lord and we are the soul surrendered unto you. Sukhdev Goswami said, hearing these pitiful words from his friends, the Supreme Lord Krishna told them, Just close your eyes and do not be afraid. <clears throat> Alright, the boys replied, and immediately closed their eyes. Then the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Lord, the Master of all the mystic powers, opened his mouth and swallowed the terrible fire, saving his friends from danger. The cowherd boys opened their eyes and were amazed to find not only that they and the cows had been saved from the terrible fire, but they had all been brought back to the Bhandra Bhandirati tree. When the cowherd boys saw that they have they have been saved from the forest fire by the Lord's mystic power, which is unmanifested by the internal potency, they began to think that Krishna must be a demigod. It was now late in the afternoon, and Lord Krishna, accompanied by Balram, turned the cows back towards home, playing his flute in a special way. Krishna returned to, to the cowherd village in the company of his coward friends, who chanted his glories. The young gopis took the greatest pleasure in seeing Govinda come home, since for them even a moment without his association seemed like a hundred ages. 
so this story was all about the forest fire getting consumed by the lord uh, again a very beautiful example which tells us you know how the lord is capable of doing so many things and yet behaves like a very normal human being so we are doing the next chapter that is chapter 20 the rainy season and autumn in vrindavan now this is again a chapter which is going to teach us some things about the different kinds of dance rituals and stuff like that sukhdev goswami said to the ladies of vrindavan the cowherd boys then related in full detail krishna and balram's wonderful activities of del- delivering them from the forest fire and killing the demon pralamba the elder cowherd men and ladies were amazed to hear this account and they concluded that krishna and balram must be an exalted demigods who have appeared in vrindavan then the rainy season began <coughs> giving life and sustenance to all living beings the sky began to rumble with thunder and lightning flashed on the horizon the sky was then covered by dense blue clouds accompanied by thunder and lightning thus the sky and its natural illumination were covered in the same way that the spirit soul is covered by three modes of material nature with its rays the sun had eight months drunk up the earth's wealth in the form of water now that the proper time had arrived the sun began realizing this accumulated wealth flashing with lightning great clouds were shaken and swept away by fierce winds just like merciful persons the clouds gave their lives for the pleasure of this world the earth had been emaciated by the summer heat but she became fully nourished again when moistened by the gods of rain thus the earth was like a person whose body has been emaciated by austerities undergone for a material purpose but who again becomes fully nourished when he achieves the fruit of those austerities now emaciation means becoming thin becoming very very thin that means you become bony uh emaciation is the thing which is associated with most of the yogis because what the yogis do is they have to sit in one place and they are supposed to meditate normally they do sit in one place and they do not get up from there for many hours days months depends on what kind of yogic sadhana they are doing so it is not that uh, they can be you know they they are getting nourishment from anywhere sometimes the nourishment is in the form of just the air that they breathe that's it so that is emaciation in the evening twilight during the rainy season darkness allowed the glow worms but not the stars to shine forth just as the age of kali the predominance of sinful activities allows atheistic doctrine to overshadow the true knowledge of the vedas this is exactly what is happening in today's day and age you will find that the atheistic doctrines are taking over that means all the vedas and the shastras are going in the background you will find that many people on planet earth will not be able to recognize god in any aspect most of the people have forgotten how to do prayers also most of the new parents that are born they do not teach their children how to pray also they do not even ask them to go to the temple or bow down to any god so you will find that today a day and age has come where children who have grown big also today the millennials or more than that they still have absolutely no faith in the lord and most of them believe that science and technology is giving them what they are supposed to get so there is very little belief system remaining and this was mentioned in not only in the shrimad bhagavatam it is also been mentioned in number of other books 
especially in the Brahma Vaivarta Purana, where it is mentioned clearly what happens. So, the frogs who had all been lying silent suddenly began croaking when they heard the rumbling of the rain clouds. In the same way, the Brahmana students who performed their morning duties in silence began reciting the lessons when called by their teacher. In olden times, you know, uh, olden times means maybe a couple of decades ago, we knew how to say the morning prayers and the evening prayers. But today's age, nobody knows whether there are any morning prayers or whether there are any evening prayers. Nobody has any clue about these kind of prayers. So, you will have to know that if you ask them, do you know what is an evening prayer or do you know what is a morning prayer? They call it Sandhya, isn't it? So, nobody knows. Nobody knows whom they are supposed to pray to also. So, the idea about what exactly it is has been lost to everybody. So, with the advent of the rainy season, the insignificant streams which had become dry began to swell and then strayed from their proper course, like the body, property and money of a man controlled by the urges of his senses. The newly grown grass made the earth emerald green. The Indragopa insects added a reddish hue and white mushrooms added further cloud and circles of shade. Thus the earth appeared like a person who had suddenly become rich. With their wealth of grains, the fields gave joy to the farmers. But those fields created remorse in the heart of those who were too proud to engage in farming and who failed to understand how everything is under the control of the Supreme. As all creatures in the land and the water took advantage of the newly fallen rainwater, their form became attractive and pleasing, just as a devotee becomes beautiful by engaging in the service of the Supreme Lord. Now in this line it is mentioned that some people are not happy when the earth begins to bloom. The reason why it happens is, you will find that now, uh, in just to give, give you an example, <coughs> there are lots of companies which are manufacturing weapons. If there are no wars, what is the use of the weapons? Suppose there is no war in the Gulf and various other places, what is the use of the weapons? Now yesterday, America has signed a deal with Korea to South Korea to put 200 or 120, I think, uh, uh, anti-missile systems in South Korea. Now, why have they, now each missile system must be costing quite a lot. So, why is that thing over there? It's because they are expecting North Korea to do something. But China is the one who is objecting to it. The reason why China is object, objecting to it is it is an anti-missile system. This anti-missile system can destroy a missile in, or, in a space system. So, now you will see that both the countries, the escalation will happen. Again, India and Pakistan, India, China, you know, Iran, Iraq. If this doesn't happen, where will the weapon manufacturers go? Correct? So, they want the war to be there. Likewise, there are lots of people who will say, you know, that their land should not have, uh, you know, rain should not come. Why rain should not come? Then who will dig wells? Who will have the drilling equipment? Who will then bring the pipes on? Who will sell them that? So it's it's a balance, yeah, it's an ecosystem. So everybody has to benefit. That's the reason why you, you see that sometimes it rains and sometimes it won't rain. Suppose there is an electrical supply problem. 
now there is a shortage of electricity in india in karnataka so who is benefited companies which are going to manufacture equipment like that candle manufacturers yes these are the people yeah those are the people who are going to benefit there will be a lot of sale of batteries also so you will find that these are the things these companies grow so naturally they will say you know let there be less power okay likewise you will find that uh, when there is no water the tanker water fellow makes more money okay otherwise if there is enough water in the city how will the tanker water fellow make money so some of there is no water yeah so some of sometimes there is no water so this is this is literally like that you know though everything is under the control of the supreme lord as all creatures of the land and the water took advantage of the newly fallen rain water their forms became attractive and pleasing just as a devotee becomes beautiful by engaging in the service of the supreme lord so when it rains some of the people are very very happy some means most of the people are very very happy <laughs> some of them are very sad when the river joined the ocean it became agitated its waves blown up by the wind just as the mind of an immature yogi becomes agitated because he is still tainted by lust and attached to the objects of sense gratification just as devotee whose minds are absorbed in the personality of godhead remains peaceful even when attacked on all sides by dangers the mountains in the rainy season are not at all disturbed by the repeated striking of the rain bearing clouds uh this is a important statement which you should understand see normally what happens is everybody gets upset when things go wrong but a true devotee of the god doesn't get upset at all he is on the contrary very very happy because he is lost in the name of god when there are lots of problems when there are things going wrong everybody is so upset everybody is telling god god can i have this god can i have that everybody is asking demanding things but a true devotee of god is least bothered about whether he has it or whether he doesn't have because he is not disturbed from the vision of god he is single mindedly focused on god alone just think about it just now there is a noise going on outside or there is rain falling over here if i keep on thinking oh there is so much of noise going on there is rain happening i will not be able to concentrate over here if i am not able to concentrate over here what will happen whatever i am teaching will go away then i will just be reading a book and what is the point in reading a book because reading a book you can also do right so it is important that you focus on what you are doing so focusing on the feet of the lord focusing on the lord is all that a devotee does meanwhile on one side performing all the activities performing all the activities that are there needed for the purpose of doing their material worldly work right so think about it from this point of view again that a devotee will do his duties the material worldly duties with aplomb perfection but his mind is constantly on the god alone so he is not bothered with all kinds of things that are happening in this world and that is the reason why it is very very important that we have to focus at the feet of the lord now see there is somebody sending message to me it's not that they don't know that there is satsang going on 
then all know about it. But the message will come. So if I have to lose my concentration and say, oh, who is that person sending message? Then what happens? I will not be focusing on what I am doing. So it is important that I know what I am doing. So it's the same thing where people, when they are doing satsang and they are doing some other jobs, if their minds are in the jobs, let us say you are cooking or maybe the milk is coming up. If the milk is coming up and you are listening to the satsang, okay, and suddenly your mind flashes on the other side, you will find that the milk is about to fall off, right, it is boiling. Your mind will get lost in one of the two. So it is important to have a single pointed devotion to that object and not bother about the rest of it. During the rainy season, the cloud, the roads not being cleansed become covered with grass and debris and were thus difficult to make out. These roads are like religious scriptures that Brahmanas no longer study and that thus becomes corrupted and covered over with the passage of time. You know how many books we have in our cupboards which have never been touched and they are full of cobwebs and dust. You know, there are many times, many a times in life you will come across a situation where certain things which we are supposed to use in our daily life have never been used at all. Especially our brains. They are filled with only dust and cobwebs. Right. <laughs> and that is the reason why we need to use our brains very, very effectively. So here he is saying that during the rainy season, all the paths, the pathways of going to some place, they get covered by all the grass around. So the clouds are well-wishing friends of all living beings, the lightning fickle in its affinities, moved from one group of clouds to another, like lusty women, unfaithful even to virtuous men. So again, there is a comparison where, you know, Sukhdeva is saying, Sukhdeva Goswami is saying that, the way, I am sure those who have travelled by planes will know, how when there are clumps of clouds, the lightning moves from one place to the other, to the other, to the other clouds. You know, likewise those who have seen from bottom also, you will find that there is a very big streak of lightning coming and then some more lightning on some other side. So that is how he is comparing the lightning to unfaithful and virtuous men, uh, lusty women, unfaithful. When the curved bow of Indra, the rainbow, appeared in the sky, which had the quality of the thundering sound, it was unlike ordinary bows because it did not rest upon a string. Similarly, when the Supreme Lord appears in this world, which is the interaction of the material qualities, he is unlike ordinary persons because he remains free from all material qualities and independent of material conditions. He is comparing the rainbow. The rainbow is like an art. And like an arc, but it doesn't have the string below. So, but the rainbow appears seven-hued, isn't it? Likewise, in the same way, when the Lord takes a form on this earth, He is without the string. String means attachment. Attachment of any kind to anything in this world. So, the Lord comes with complete detachment. He is not at all attached to anything in this world. He has appeared only to do that work. That means appearing like a rainbow to show the beauty of this creation. 
Beyond that, he is not there for any other purpose. There are certain purposes which he has come to fulfill. During the rainy season, the moon was prevented from appearing directly by the covering of the clouds, which was themselves illumined by the moon's rays. Similarly, the living being in the material existence is prevented from appearing directly by the covering of the false ego, which is itself illumined by the consciousness of the pure soul. And this is a very, again, important line which says, The living being in material existence is prevented from appearing directly by the covering of false ego. What is a false ego? The false ego which tells you that I am from this family, I am this one, I am that one, my name is so and so. All kinds of different, different, uh, you know, degrees that you give to yourself. I am educated over here, I do this, I do that, I am working in this company, I am working in that company. This is all, this is called false ego. The false ego tells you that, you know, I am earn so much, I am such a rich person or I am, or a false ego also says, I am the most, uh, you know, unmiserable person on earth, I don't have any money, I am the poorest man, I am the most, you know, non-good looking person in this planet earth, okay, I am fat, I am ugly, I am black, all these kinds of things are also said, this is called false ego, the false ego covers the person, so, which is itself illumined by the consciousness of the pure soul. But what is illumined? What is inside? Is illumined by the consciousness of the pure soul. The peacocks became festive and cried out in joyful greetings when they saw the clouds arrive. Just as people distressed in the household life feel pleasure when the pure devotee of the infallible Supreme Lord visits them. Now this is again uh, today a very beautiful thing. But in today's day and age it doesn't happen. Only if somebody is wearing an orange color clothes and visits your house at that time, you think, you know, some great person has come. Not your t-shirt, orange color, (laughs) but orange color clothes which are meant for the purpose of taking renunciation. Those are renunciates. When you see all these sadhu babas who come to your house, you feel very nice, you touch their feet. But if a true devotee of the Lord comes, nobody recognizes him. So, but in ancient times, when the, when the devotee came to the house, he was given a very great warm welcome. He was called inside, washed his feet, he was put on a pedestal, he was given food. All sorts of things were done and a devotee of the Lord was treated like God himself. The trees had grown thin and dry, but after, the dra- after they drank the newly fallen water, rain water through their feet, their various bodily features blossomed. Similarly, one whose body has grown thin and weak from austerity again exhibits his healthy body features upon enjoying the material objects gained through the austerity. So what happens is those who go in deep meditation or in the form of what they say as austerity, after they come out of it, they have a very beautiful glow on their face and they become very bright. So you will find that when Mahavir or Buddha or Jesus when they walked after doing all their you know sadhana they looked effulgent bright that is the kind of glow that they have the cranes continued dwelling on the shores of the lakes although the shores were agitated during the rainy season just as the materialistic person with contaminated wine always remains at home despite the many disturbances there you know, in our world, 
people are like these cranes. What do they do? They have so many disturbances in their life. The disturbances are too many. Like, you know, they have to take care of their family, there is a money problem, they have a wife, they have a mother, they have a father, they have this, they have that. So many things are going on in this world. There are too many material problems are there. And their minds are constantly in it. They are constantly thinking about what am I going to do, where am I going to go, what is going to happen, how things are going to work, who is going to pay the fees, what is going to happen to my life, I am not feeling well, this is not good, that is not good, the world is in a, in a problem. So they are constantly thinking of that. When do they have the time to think about the Lord? They don't even want to think about the Lord. Forget about trying to go towards Lord. That means leaving the material world and walking towards Lord. That also they don't want to do. So these are like cranes. Even after so many disturbances, they are still in that place. When Indra sent forth the rains, the flood waters broke through the irrigation dikes in the agricultural field. Just as the Kali Yoga, the atheist false theories break down the boundaries of Vedic injunctions. Again a very important uh, note. Today there are lots of people in this material world. They are coming up with fantastic theories. Atheistic people who are coming with uh, fantastic theories. Like you have say Bill Maher. Okay. I don't know whether you have heard of him. Uh, Some of people have heard of him. Richard Dawkins. Bill Nye. These are some of the people who are scientists and commentators and all that and today in India also there are lots of people who are atheists. What do they do? They tell you theories which are very very destructive in nature. What are the theories they will tell you? They will tell you there is no God. If there is God can you prove it to him? Can you just bring him over here and show me? Okay. Now they come up with such theories which are backbreaking theories. And you don't have an answer. It is like today if I ask you, do you know what is a God particle? And you will say, I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, but have they actually found it? Have they actually got it in hand? So if I have to ask Mr. Bill Nye or uh, what is that person who is very, very famous now? Stephen Hawking also and the... Yeah. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And if I ask Neil deGrasse Tyson, can you please show me that particle in my hand? Like you are asking me, can you show me the God? I am asking you, can you show me this particle in hand? Can you tell me? Now you are giving me theories after theories of black hole. Can you prove it over here? Whether the black hole is actually there or not there. So they will not be able to prove. So it's the same thing. It's called the back-breaking theories. But no doubt about it, they are not able to see it. We are talking about spiritual and they are talking about some material existence. So, but these are already creating rifts. Rifts means they are creating some sort of a break in the bunds. Bunds means those who see, you know, the, like uh, the field is covered on both the sides by raised ground. So that the water remains inside. And suppose there is a rift, there is a break in the bund. This is what these atheist people do. The clouds impelled by the winds release their nectar and water for the benefit of all the living beings just as kings instructed by the Brahmana priests dispense charity to the citizens. 
when the vrindavan forest was thus become resplendent filled with ripe dates and jambu fruits lord krishna surrounded by his cows and cowherd boys boyfriends and accompanied by shri balram entered the forest to enjoy the cows had to move slowly because of their weighty milk bags but they quickly ran to the supreme personality of godhead as soon as he called them their affection for him causing their udders to become wet the lord saw the joyful abhorjin girls in the forest the trees dripping sweet sap and the mountain waterfalls whose resounding indicates that there were caves nearby now what does this aboriginals mean in india those are the tribals the tribals are the people who are living in uh, say different different places inside jungles and they keep on moving from place to place like nomads or they may be settled down in one place so when it rained the lord would sometimes enter a cave or the hollow of a tree to play and eat roots and fruits lord krishna would take the meal of boiled rice and yogurt sent from home in the company of lord shankarshana and the cowherd boys who regularly ate with him they would sit down to eat on a large stone near the water lord krishna watched the contented bulls calves and cows sitting on the green grass and grazing with closed eyes and he saw that the cows were tired from the burden of their heavy milk bags thus observing the beauty and the opulence of vrindavan's main rainy season a perennial source of great happiness the lord offered all respect to that season which has expanded from his own internal potency while lord ram and keshava were thus dwelling in the vrindavan the fall season arrived and when the sky is cloudless the water clears and the wind is gentle the autumn season which regenerated the lotus flowers also restored the various bodies of water to their original purity just as the process of devotional service purifies the minds of the fallen yogis when they return to it this is normally a case where you know people those who sometimes leave the folds of spirituality and then they come back so that is how it happens autumn cleared the sky of clouds let the animals get out of their crowded living conditions clean the earth of its covering of mud and purified the water of contamination in the same way that loving service rendered to lord krishna frees the member of the four spiritual orders from their respective troubles the clouds having given up all the possessions shone forth with purified effulgence just like the peaceful sage who has given up all material desires and are thus free of all sinful propensities during the season the mountain sometimes releases their pure water and sometimes it did not just as experts in transcendental service science sometimes give the nectars of their transcendental knowledge and sometimes do not so sometimes it so happens that you know people they spread the knowledge and sometimes they don't and many a times people are just keeping quiet even though they have spiritual knowledge they will not spread it to anybody the fish swimming in the increasingly shallow waters did not at all understand that the water was diminishing just as the foolish fa- family men cannot see how the time that they have left to live in diminishing with every passing day every person feels that they have so much time in hand that tomorrow they will do it day after tomorrow they will do it it's like today you will find that uh, the attendance is so low and people are not even interested in listening the thing is why because everybody feels they have so much time in hand maybe next week or the week after that i will be there i will listen to whatever is there and today there is definitely a recording happening so people think you know okay i will listen to it later on maybe i will listen to it maybe i will not 
it's like the uh, the songs that you keep on listening to nobody listens to it nowadays so this devotional people what has happened to them they are lost in the devotion but the material worldly people they are constantly thinking of their material worldly things so they do not have time to come back into the spiritual aspect of it and they think that they have enough time in hand just as a miserly poverty stricken person overly absorbed in family life suffers because he cannot control his senses the fish swimming in the shallow waters has to suffer the heat of the autumn sun these are certain examples that have been given over here so that you understand that how a material worldly person is constantly attached to the things that are going on in this world you know he is not even bothered about god gradually the different areas of land give up their muddy conditions and the plant grew past their unripe stage in the same way the sober sages give up egotism and possessiveness these are based on things different from the real self namely the material body and by and its by products with the arrival of autumn the ocean and the lakes become silent the water still just like a sage who has desisted from all the material activity and given up the recitation of the vedic mantras even in life what we do is we forget what we were doing sometimes you know there are people who are dancing they used to dance they have done their recitals they used to sing they used to do their music they would read books they would listen to the holy songs you know listen to beautiful words somewhere and then what happens as time passes by their material worldly things are becoming so hard and harsh on them that they forget their what they used to do in their past so they don't listen to the music they will say that i don't have time to listen to music i don't have time to dance now earlier they might have danced so they don't want to dance they will say you know every day i come tired from work i don't have the time for this i don't have the time for that they are used to traveling going seeing places going for you know uh, devotional kind of stuff visiting places temples and all now they don't want to do that as well so they have completely lost themselves in the material world so we are talking about this kind of people who have lost in the same way the practitioners of yoga bring their senses under strict control to check their consciousness from flowing out through the agitated senses the farmer erected strong mud banks to keep the water within their rice fields from draining out so what is it that you got to do if you are not getting back into the swing you are supposed to do sadhana you are supposed to practice now think about it as a child you are used to cycling and now for 20 30 years you have not cycled you know the, after 30 years you pick up a cycle you are going to be not driving it properly in the same way suppose somebody learns flute or somebody learns to dance okay and 20 30 years they do they forget it they don't even want to go there then what happens they can't dance they can't sing they can't do anything it's like studies you are studying and then you give up and then you say you know what Oh my god i have so many things to do i have to go to office i have to do this i have to write mails i have to talk to so many people then i come home i have to cook i have to eat i have to do this i have to do that but you find time for tv you find time to watch movies 
to find time for doing all sorts of nonsensical stuff. But the one thing which you wanted to do, one thing which you do, you have forgotten. And that is the reason why it is very very important that you to go back to it, you have to keep on doing the sadhana. That is practice. So just like yogis have to keep on doing their practice constantly, it is very very important to keep on doing the practice. Keep on going back to it again and again and again and again and again. Otherwise you will completely forget. And then you will blame the whole world for you not doing it. And then the best thing that happens is, okay, now most of you people are youngsters. You know what you will do? Oh, I will see that my children are going to do this very well. Okay. So they want to see their children perform better. They themselves will forget. Now suppose you tomorrow give up the dream of going to Harvard. Why? Because you are working hard. You are doing so many things. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you will say, Oh, when I have my daughter or my son, now I will see to it that they go to Harvard. That's what you will do. You have lost your dream. And then you want to put the dream on somebody else. But your, your son or your daughter may say, no, I don't want to go, go and do that. I want to become a drama person. Then what happens? The autumn moon relieves all creatures of the suffering caused by the sun's rays just as the wisdom relieves a person of the misery caused by the identifying with his material body. And as Lord Mukunda relieves Vrindavan ladies of the distress caused by the separation from him. So, Mukunda is Krishna. Now, just like the water brings, you know, when it rains, the earth becomes quite fine, nice and lush. Similarly, when wisdom, wisdom is a person becomes wise. When some knowledge is drilled onto a person's head, at that time the person says, okay, now I have to start going back to what I was doing. You need a knockdown sometimes. You know, many a times I tell most of the people, you should go and do this kind of motivational courses once in a while. The reason why you have to do the motivational courses once in a while is because it drills into your head some ideas about doing something in your life. Back again. Otherwise, you are going to become as miserable as you want to be. Okay? You need polishing a little bit, isn't it? So who is going to do the polishing? So that is the reason why these people are there in this world who are going to give you that little bit of boost every year. And that is the reason why most of your companies have training programs. But most of the people sleep in the training programs. Yeah, because the person who comes to teach over there itself doesn't... No, that is the reason is because you don't want to learn. It is not the other person's way of talking. You see, in most of the cases, you will find that you can learn even from a stone. A stone may not say anything. You see, yesterday in the movie they showed that in the sky, there is a cloud. But can you see a bird in the sky? Can you see a horse made from the clouds? Who? It is your vision. You have to see that thing. It's not that the clouds are going to show you that. So you may say, you know, oh, what is there? I can't see anything. You are the most no unwise person of all so you can't blame those people i'm sorry it is their job that they are doing if you see in that boredom itself if you find some knowledge 
You understand what I am saying? In the boredom itself, you will find knowledge. You will find, you know, oh, this person is not able to understand. He is not able to teach. Then your mind will work and find out answers. It's when you allow your mind to find the answers, then you will become great. If you have gone to get something ready-made on your plate, I am sorry, you are never going to learn. It is like going to a restaurant and trying to eat your idlis. Okay? You will never learn to make beautiful idlis in your life. But if you see that some of the idlis are not proper, if you, if you are able to understand why they are not proper, maybe there is less water, maybe the amount of you know soaking that is not done properly, it is with your knowledge, with the wisdom that has been given to you, you are able to understand, then you will make idlis for yourself which are very fluffy and nice. But if those bad idlis don't come, you will not understand. So you cannot blame a person for any training session who is bad. It is you who is supposed to look into it, not the trainer. So at the end of the day, it is very very important to understand, it is you who has to find the goodness in this world, not somebody else. Because if you are criticizing somebody else, you should understand it is you who is the one who is a, who is the critical person, not the other person. The other person has his qualities. Whether you like it or not. The qualities could be, it could be a flat idli, it could be a fluffy idli, it could be absolutely stale idli. Does it matter? At the end of the day, if you are eating a stale idli, you are the idiot, not the idli. The idli is not an idiot, remember this. You are the idiot because you are eating the stale idli which is stinking. Who has got the brains, the idli or you? So you have to use your brains. Understood? So, free of clouds and filled with clearly visible stars. The autumn sky shone brilliantly, just like the spiritual consciousness of one who has directly experienced the purport of the Vedic scriptures. This is very important again. You have to experience the purport of the Vedic scriptures. Every day I keep on teaching everybody. I keep on listening to words. Most of the people are falling asleep. Most of the people are least bothered about it. But there will be one person who is listening very intently. He might have closed his eyes but he is listening very very intently. He will understand what the words actually mean. He will go deeper into the study of these words. And then he will find the true meaning. So that is the importance of... <coughs> importance. Very very uh, you know, wise people. They will find what is there deep inside these Vedic scriptures. The full moon shone in the sky. Surrounded by stars, just as Sri Krishna, the lord of the Yadu dynasty, shone brightly on the earth, surrounded by all the Vrishnis. Except for the gopis whose hearts have been stolen by Krishna, the people could forget their suffering by embracing the wind coming from the flower-filled forest. The wind was neither hot nor cold. By the influence of the autumn sun season, all the cows, doe, women and female birds became fertile and were followed by their respective mates in search of sexual enjoyment. Just as activities performed by the service of the Supreme Lord are automatically followed by all beneficial results. You will find that during this particular season, the, uh, you know, you have seen the peacock. He will spread his wings and he will start making noise. Dance. Yeah, all the birds will sit on the trees and they will keep on going coo, coo, coo and all kinds of different noises they will make. The reason is because it is a mating call that is given out. So this is the time when they do those kind of things. O King Parikshit, when the autumn sun rose, all the lotus flowers blossomed happily 
except the night blooming kumut just as in the presence of the strong ruler everybody becomes fearless except the thieves in all the towns and the villages people held great festivals performing the vedic fire sacrifice for honoring and tasting the first grains of the new harvest along with similar celebrations they followed local customs and traditions thus the earth rich with the newly grown grain and especially beautiful beautified by the presence of krishna and balram shone beautifully as the expansion of the supreme lord do you know what we are talking about holy the season of holy they burn those holy no fire that they make and after that the next day they have the rang panchami so now you know before krishna i mean during the time of krishna and before krishna also they were still celebrating those festivals of holi duli vandan the merchant sages kings and brahmachari students kept by the rain were at last free to go out and attain their desired object just as those who achieve perfection in the life can and when the proper time comes leaves the material body and attains their respective forms so we have come to the end of chapter 20 so what we will do is we will stop over here and the next time we will do chapter 21 but that will not be next week because next week i am not available so we shall see in the week after that all right so i'm going to stop the recording now